Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32. Proverbs 16, verse 32. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. Let's pray. Here, Lord, I pray You'll be with me in this message tonight. Lord, I pray You'll help me just uh, speak the words You want me to speak. I pray that You will uh, use this message, Lord, to uh, be a help to people, Lord, and an encouragement. I pray that we'll all learn something from it and be able to follow uh, Your Word. In Your name we pray. Amen. He that ruleth or is slow to anger. I think we all know what it means to be quick to anger. Uh, I think we've all probably experienced some of that before where we... Um, just let something happen and we reacted to it. Okay? Well, and what usually happens when we react? Okay? It's usually bad, isn't it? And, uh, it's, uh, if you can learn to be slow to anger. I mean, not get angry so quick. The Bible says that that is better than the mighty. Because the truth is, you know, a lot of people, they think that because they're big, that because they're strong, because they can beat somebody down, Real easy that that makes them a mighty person, and uh, but at the same time, if you are, you, let's say you're the strongest guy in town, and you can you can you can beat up anybody, and you have a temper, all right. Uh, if you don't have control over that temper, then really you're the one that's going to lose, because you might be able to beat up five guys, but if you do then you're going to have a bunch of guys with badges and guns that are going to show up and they're going to get as many guys as it takes to get you under control. They're going to cuff you and they're going to haul you off to prison and do whatever it takes to control you there. And then, if you're sitting in prison, you might be a tough guy, but it really doesn't matter. You're locked up. You've been, uh, you've been put under control. And that's not a position that you want to be in. And there are some people out there that literally cannot control their temper. And it gets them in trouble, doesn't it? It will, it can ruin your life. Some people, they can't, they lose control of their temper and maybe they kill somebody. They didn't mean to. But them taking somebody's life now has completely destroyed their own life. They're a fugitive. They're a criminal. They're, uh, they're maybe, uh, put behind bars. Maybe they're on the run or a fugitive. And the Bible says that he and he that ruleth his spirit, then he that taketh the city. If you can rule your own spirit, I mean you're like somebody that can go and conquer a city. And that's what we want to talk tonight about ruling over your spirit. The mind, our mind or our spirit, our attitude, it's something that we need to be able to control. And if we can, uh, if, if you can't control it, you're not going to be able to live a victorious life. Listen, there's going to be things that are going to come up that are going to uh, that are going to want, try to affect you in a negative way. I mean, you try to have a good attitude. You try to be, uh, you know, we try to uh, uh, be happy people. We try to be. Um, people that have a good spirit that people want to be around. But listen, there's going to be stuff that's going to come up that's going to rub you the wrong way, that's going to put you in a bad mood. And we cannot, you cannot let those things control you. If you give those things control over your life, then it's your life's not going to be that good. 
And until you learn to get victory over those things, you're going to have a tough time being a victorious Christian and being a happy person. So how do we rule over our own spirit? Because I don't know about you, I would rather rule over my spirit. I don't want other people to rule over my spirit. And there's forces out there and people that want to rule over your spirit and kind of control how you feel. For example, you know the news media. I don't want the news media to control my spirit. Because, boy, I mean, if you watch the news, there's nothing on there but depressing stuff. Stuff that will make you mad. Stuff that will put you in a bad mood. Um, I don't want the, you know, maybe people that you work with. Boy, you don't want to give them control over your spirit. You don't want to let them control how you feel and how you react. Because, listen, there's people out there, if they know that they can control your spirit, they're going to do it. Just because they can. I've talked to people before, and I've known people who like to, that are really good at getting under people's skin, and are really good at just making people mad and getting them to lose their temper. I've worked with people like that. And I always would tell them, listen, people like that are just naturally lazy. Okay? They will not, most people are not going to go to great effort to make you lose your temper. It's, just too much work. It's not worth it. But if it's easy, okay? You know, fireworks are really cool to see, aren't they? You know, we love fireworks. And you know who has the most fun with fireworks? Are the guys lighting lighting the fuse. There's just something about, you know, fireworks are fun to watch, but there's something about being the one to make it explode. Well, we, I mean, I think men especially, we love explosions. We love fires. We like burning things. Uh, you know, we, we love making things blow up. Whenever I make a fire, it's always fun to pour a lot of gas on it first and then make a little trail of gas and light it. Just watch the, that puff. There's just something about it. We love to watch explosions. Uh, we like making those fires. It, it's fun. It's easy, especially with gasoline, especially with matches. Most of us in here, we would not like making fires if we had to do like they did back in the old days and rub two sticks together. That's too much work. And you know, there's people, and we also like to watch people explode. We like to watch people, you know, lose their temper and just go crazy. When I worked at McDonald's, uh, when I was a teenager, I remember watching some people lose it. And just, I remember one time, there was, uh, you know, there were several people that I worked with that did not have control over their spirit. And they let other people control their spirit. And I remember one time, two of them, there was kind of some tension going on. And finally, uh, it blew up. They finally lost it. And I remember the manager came and she started yelling and screaming. They're all yelling and screaming at each other. And there's all kinds of customers waiting in line. And when it was all said and done, I remember the, they all went in the back and they're all screaming at each other. And there was only two workers that were not involved in it. Me, I'm in back in the grill making all the food. And there was one girl working drive through and there's all these customers waiting out there. And this one girl's trying to do drive through and I'm trying to make all the food and we're all and all the customers are just kind of looking at us like you know, hey, what do we do? Nobody's waiting on them. And finally customers just started leaving. It was a I mean it was a big fight out there. It was it was it was pretty ugly. I kind of enjoyed it to tell you the truth because we like seeing explosions. And there's people out there that are mean enough and cruel enough that if they know how to light your fuse, they're going to do it. Because it's that easy. And it's that enjoyable to watch. 
And if you have a short fuse, and if it's an easy fuse to light, they're going to do it all the time. Because it's just fun to watch. But if it takes effort, if you have control over your own spirit, if it's hard to get you to lose your temper, they're not going to try. They might for a little while. But then they're going to finally just say, you know, not worth it. Too much effort. And that's why it's so important that you rule over your own spirit. Otherwise, somebody else is going to rule over your spirit for you. I could, I could tell you a million stories about people I worked with and just meltdowns they would have. And it was, it was fun to watch sometimes. Unless you were the one they were exploding on, which happened more than once <laughs> to me. And, uh, and then, it's, then it's not so fun. But these people, they don't have control over their own spirit. And most of these people that I'm thinking of right now and I've told you about, they were people who uh, lost their job when they didn't want to lose their job because they let somebody else control their spirit and it got them in trouble. And so, how do we control our spirit? How do we rule over our own spirit? Well, first of all, we've got to learn to keep our focus on good things. Now, what I'm, the verse I'm about to read you, the verse I'm about to tell you, is completely contrary to the way that we're supposed to be. Uh, it's completely contrary to... Uh, what we see on television, especially in the news. But Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, boy, you ought to memorize this verse. And I, the, I want you to, as you think about this verse and what it says that we're supposed to think on, ask me, do you ever see any of this stuff on television? Or especially in the news? But Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Think about stuff like that. How many of you, well, you know, in the last six months when watching the news saw a news report, you know, breaking news? Honest politician who's done things fair, who has not cheated on his taxes. You don't, they don't talk about that. They want to talk about the guy who's dishonest. And you know the truth is, there might be some good, honest politicians out there. But we don't know who they are. Because we all, all we want to talk about are the dishonest ones. You know, uh, it says, whatsoever things are pure. How often do you hear them talk about, hey, this, you know, breaking news. Senator so-and-so just celebrated his 50th anniversary with his wife. You don't hear about that. We hear about the scandals. We hear about the breakups. I mean, how often do you hear about you know a Hollywood couple that's celebrating a 30 or 40th anniversary? Maybe it's because they never have them. But you know, there might be some that are married for that long. There may be some that are happily married. But you know what? The entertainment channel and the entertainment or the People magazines they don't talk about those people. They talk about the ones who are living like dogs. We hear, you know, the news, or they're always talking about people like, you know, the Kardashians or Paris Hilton or, you know, scum like that. I imagine there might be some people living decent out there. I don't know. But do we hear about them? Absolutely not. You know why? That doesn't sell magazines. That doesn't get good ratings on the news. And we are filling our minds with the opposite of what's in this verse. Whatsoever things are lovely. You know, we don't. You know, we want to see, we want to see video and we want to see things on the news, you know, from the devastation from the latest hurricane. You know, we want to see mangled buildings. We want to see 
you know, bodies floating. We want to see, we want to see all that horrible stuff. That's what we want to watch. Whatsoever things are of good report. Now it says, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. You know, people wonder why they're in a bad mood. They wonder why they can't rule over their own spirit. You know, some people, what they need to do is just maybe turn off the news for a while. I tell you, I haven't been listening to hardly anything since the election's been over. I got too depressed before the election even happened because just all the negative stuff. And it's like now that it's over, I just I don't want to hear anything about politics right now. It's too depressing. And uh, and people they fill their minds that they're constantly reading about it, constantly watching stuff about it, and we fill our minds that we wonder why we have a bad spirit. You want you know you go you go out in public sometimes. I know we're in the north, and I know it's part of our culture that we're not supposed to talk to each other and stuff when we're out in public. And but you know you see these people just frowning, you try to strike a conversation, they just look at you like, what are you doing talking to me? You know why people are grumpy like that? They've been watching the news all day. They've been reading the newspaper. They've been listening to the radio. And it's got them in a bad mood. And you see what's, you see what's out there. It's, it's understandable. But God's told us, hey, we need to think on good things. So where am I going to find those good things? Well, read the Bible. Uh, if, so I, well, who's, no, I don't know of anybody doing these things. Well, you be the one that's going and doing some of these good things. Listen, there, there's good stuff out there. There's good people out there doing good things. You know, you might have to do some research. You might have to dig a little bit, but you'll find out they are out there. You know, we always hear about the bad cops on TV, but you know, there's a lot more good ones out there than there are bad ones. You know, at the news, they, they love to talk about the preacher, uh, the, the pastor that falls into sin and does wrong, but they don't want to talk about the ones who've been faithful uh, to God who have done right for years and years and years. They don't talk about people like that. They talk about the ones that mess up. And we don't want to get caught up in that stuff. It will control our spirit. But also, we need to learn not to focus on evil. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5 says, "...casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. It says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself. We've got to learn to focus or to get our focus off the evil and on the things that are good. We worry so much about this all the sin and garbage. Something we we talk about it. We uh, you know, we read about it. And listen, if you focus on that stuff, you're going to have a negative outlook on everything. You know, have you ever known somebody like that? It's just always negative. It's always talking about bad things that have happened. And listen, y'all, I'll be honest, I do too sometimes. You know, did you hear about the latest scandal? Did you hear about, you know, did you hear about the last car wreck? A little baby died, you know, it's like, you know, you hear all these things. And it's depressing. And, uh, we we don't want to do that. Learn not to focus on the evil. I'm not telling us, you know, we, we you know if, there, if something bad happens, I'm not saying we have to ignore it and pretend it didn't happen. But that can't be all that we talk about. That can't be all that we think about. Learn to make learn how to make a habit out of focusing on things that are right. We've got to, we've got to work on it. It's almost uh, you know, it's it's natural for us to focus on the negative. We've got it. I mean, it's like an exercise that we've got to do. Learn to make a habit um, out of focusing on the right things. James one nineteen says, "Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath." 
That's opposite of what we normally do. Swift to hear. You know, we have to usually make an effort to listen, don't we? It's kind of like kids. Okay, Whenever parents are trying to tell them something or give them some instructions, it's like kids, they, they try to pretend they didn't hear. Try to pretend they didn't get it. It's kind of they go into outer space. You know, Tommy, he's getting into the preteen age, you know, and it's like kids, they that he's getting to that age where it's uh, kind of hard to focus sometimes, and you're trying to give him instruction, and he's, uh, it's like he's going off into outer space. And swift to hear. We're not real good at, we're not real good at listening. The Bible said be swift to hear, and also said be slow to speak. Boy, that's, that's one that, you know, growing up got me in a lot of trouble. And even now sometimes, sometimes we just speak a little too quickly. Sometimes we are asked a question and we give the answer too quickly. And we end up saying something stupid. I mean, how many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many have ever said something that, I mean, right after you said it, you're like, oh, why did I say that? I shouldn't have said that. It's called being slow to speak. Taking the time to think about what you think about what you're going to say. It's like when there's an argument, it's usually people talking back and forth real fast. Okay? When you're having a conversation like that, it's not going to be good. We need to be slow to speak, the Bible says. It says and it says and also to be slow to wrath. Learn to you know, before you're going to lose your temper, alright? If that if they really need to be if that guy really needs to be punched in the nose, okay? If you really that guy that you want to punch in the nose, if you if he really does deserve to get punched in the nose, it can wait a day. Alright? Punch him in the nose tomorrow. Why wait till tomorrow? Because you're probably not going to want to do it the next day. The Bible says the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. When we're mad the thing that feels right probably is not. It is more than likely the wrong thing to do. So, you know, hey, if they really need to be chewed out, chew them out tomorrow. Okay? If they really need that nasty email or that nasty text message sent to them, send it to them tomorrow. If they really do deserve it. If it really is just. It can wait a day. It's alright. Think about, you know, our... Justice system, you know, it takes some time, and that's probably good. Sometimes they need to let, you know, public opinion. They don't. They talk about people being convicted by the court of public opinion. That's why sometimes the high-profile cases they take a long time. If that person is going to get justice, sometimes it, you know, it needs some time. It needs. So you need to wait a while. And we've got to learn to do that in our own life. We've got to learn to. Uh, you, it's. It, we've got to make that a habit. Just waiting. Maybe your wife's like, hey, you need to go punch that guy in the nose. Tell her, I'll punch him in the nose tomorrow. She probably won't want you to punch him in the nose the next day. We've got to learn to be slow to wrath. Make a habit out of it. Also, we need to learn how to get victory in the battle of the mind. These battles that we're talking about, when we talk about you know, ruling over your spirit, it really is it's a, it's a battle of the mind. You know, You ever wonder... Looked at somebody like, you know, wonder what's going on in that mind. You know, most people, you can tell. Because it shows in what they do. What they're thinking is coming out of their mouth. What they're thinking is coming out in their actions. 
And we've got to learn to get victory in what's going on in our minds. Romans chapter 8, verse 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal, uh, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. We see in this passage here that our carnal mind, it literally is at battle against God. When you're, when you're upset, uh, when you are listening to your flesh, the reason there's all that turmoil going on there is you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you and you've got God speaking to your heart, speaking to your mind, trying to tell you to do something opposite. It's kind of like in the cartoons, you know, they've got the angel on the one shoulder and they've got the little devil on the other shoulder and they're trying, you know, and they're listening to the one, listening to the other and, and they're confused. And there's kind of that battle going on in their mind and you've got your flesh telling you one thing, you've got God telling you another thing, and if you listen to your flesh, you're not, you're gonna constantly be in turmoil. Because God's not going to give up on you. God loves you. He's not going to give up on you. People are going to give up on you. You've probably had people that tried to help you, that tried to get you to do the right thing, and you didn't listen to them, and maybe they gave up on you. Fine. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Do what you're planning on doing. And they, they give up on you. But God doesn't. God's not going to leave you alone in these areas. And the But the Bible says to be spiritually minded is life. And peace. That's what people are really looking for today. They're looking for they're looking for that peace of mind. You cannot have that peace of mind when your actions and when you're thinking about things that are against the law of God. If your actions are actions of sin, if you're living according to the flesh, if you're doing what your flesh desires, you're not going to have peace of mind. It's just not going to happen. If on the outside you're doing right, but you're constantly thinking about sinning and you're constantly wanting to sin, you're not going to have peace of mind. It's kind of like the story, you know, the story of the boy in school. The teacher told him to sit down, and he didn't want to sit down. And the teacher finds him like, if you don't sit down, you're going to be in trouble. And so the boy he sits down, and he says, "I'm sitting down, but on the inside, I'm standing up." You know, that's how a lot of people are with God. Fine. I'll listen to I'll do what God says to do. I'll do what He says, but boy, I, I'm not gonna, I don't have to like it. I don't have to like being obedient to God. Boy, boy, if I could get away with it, I'd be doing what I want to do and not what God wants to do. Alright. But now you're not gonna have peace of mind. You're not gonna be, you're, uh, there's, tell you, there's people today, I've known a lot of them, who go to church, they're there every week. They, on the outside, are doing all the things that a good Christian is supposed to do. But they're not enjoying it one bit. They're still miserable. They still have a bad attitude because they're not spiritually minded. They're still trying to find that excuse for why they, or for how they can you know, go against the Word of God. There's people today who they'll give their tithes and offerings in the service, but they're not enjoying it. They're doing it because, Lord, I need a blessing and, Lord, you better give me one. 
They're doing, they're doing it with a bad attitude. They're, and they, they, don't have peace, they don't have peace about it. And we've got to learn to be spiritually minded, to trust God, and to do what He says to do. The Bible says so then, in verse 8, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. You're not going to please God when you're living according to the flesh. And if you're not pleasing God, He's not going to leave you alone. You're not going to have that peace. You think, well, I'm just trying to please myself. and I'll have peace that way. No, you won't. Nobody ever has. Nobody ever will. You will not have true peace until you follow God. But also, we need to learn how not to focus on the problems in your life. Now, look, there's not one person in here that does not have problems, that does not have challenges that they face on a daily or on a weekly basis. Everybody in here, you're going through something. Listen, I'm not trying to tell you that you're being a big baby about it. Okay? They may, I mean, really, they're going through some tough struggles. Everybody is. We all, if we wanted to tonight, we could all. You know, start talking about all our problems and feeling sorry for each other. And I mean, we we can make each other really feel sorry for each of us if we wanted to. We could do that, but it doesn't take. It's not going to fix the problem. It's and it's definitely not going to fix our spirit. It'll get us all crying. You know, we all have a good cry and stuff. But listen, the Bible says in Second Timothy chapter two verse four it says, "No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life." That he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. It says, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. We are in a spiritual battle. In your mind today, you are in a battle. Okay? And so we can't get caught up in the affairs of this life. And what I mean by that, I imagine, okay, we've got guys, uh, mate, you're back in the old days, alright, in that old time combat, you're fighting hand-to-hand combat with swords. Alright? Now those guys, they'd go out there, those soldiers, they'd be out there, they'd have to leave their families, maybe travel a long way to go out and fight. And you know, if you were going to be a good soldier, while you've got a guy that's trying to cut your head off with a sword, you can't be sitting there thinking, well, I wonder how things are going back home. Sometimes they leave their wife and kids and maybe it was during a, a tough time where they were they didn't have a lot of food and maybe maybe there was a drought going on. You know, those guys when they're out there fighting, all they were they were thinking about was that enemy they're fighting and making sure they defeat that enemy. That is not the time to worry how the wife and kids are doing back at home. That's not time to get all to get all caught up and get and get depressed with those things. They need to focus on the task at hand, what's going on right there in front of them. And so many people today, they're in the same way, they're thinking about all this other stuff. And listen, I'm not saying you shouldn't worry about your parents, your, your wife and kids. I'm not saying that you shouldn't think about other people. But you know, there's people today that spiritually, they're really struggling. Spiritually, they're in a battle and they're sitting around and they're all worried. Oh, I wonder what's going to happen in the stock market. Can you really control the stock market right now? Are you going to be able to change what happens? No. That soldier that's out there fighting, his family might be starving. But while that guy's right in front of him trying to cut his head off, there's nothing he can do about it. He needs to focus on that enemy. And you know, and there's people right now, you know, they're, uh, 
They're struggling in their own life. They're trying to get their, I mean, they're losing the battle and they're worried about just everything that you can imagine. They're, I wonder if my grandma is going to make it. She, my grandma's sick right now and she might die. Listen, I'm not saying don't, that you can't care about your grandma. I'm not saying you can't worry about your grandma, but listen, if your life is falling apart and if you're, I mean, if you're not even getting victory in your own life, don't sit around worrying about things that you can't control. Okay, I love my grandma. I'd be sad if I found out she was sick and that she was dying. I'd be praying for her. But you know what? I'm not a doctor. I can't. There's nothing I can do about it. You know, I'm gonna and what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna pray for her. I'd call her up, you know, try and encourage her. To, you know, I need to be there for her. I don't. Want, I don't want to do whatever I could, but at the same time. That doesn't give me an excuse to stop pastoring this church. I, I'm sorry, folks. I can't pastor right now. My grandma's, my grandma's got cancer, and I I need to take some time to sit around worrying about it. That's not going to help her. That's not going. That's not going to do a thing. And so many people are letting different things that are totally out of their control put their life completely at a standstill. You can't do that. You've got, you've got to get victory over it. You've got to overcome it. We've got to learn how to take our burdens and let give them to Jesus Christ. To let Him bear our burdens. Cast your burdens upon the Lord. God wants us to do that. He wants us to just kind of put it on Him. Wouldn't you all love it? You know, you've all got burdens that come in your mailbox every once in a while where they say, hey, you know, we need money for this. Bill, they're called bills. Those are burdens, aren't they? Wouldn't it be nice if when you got those burdens, you can take them and it's like, you know what? I'm going to give these to Pastor Tommy and let him bear these burdens for me. Wouldn't that be nice if I could handle that for you? Alright, don't do it because I can't handle my, I, I'm, you know, stuffing up carrying my own burdens. But hey, now, wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice if, if you weren't able that you could take that burden and give it to somebody else? And the truth is, we've got people today trying to carry burdens that God wants us to give to them. When it comes to the state of our country, okay, when it comes to our leaders, oh, you know, what what are they going to do about this health care law? Hey, there's nothing I can do about it right now. But you know what I can do? I can say, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to put that one on God. Because I can't I can't handle that. There's nothing I can do about it. If somebody I love is sick and Maybe dying. There's nothing I can do on that. But one thing I can do, I can give that burden to God. And I say, you know, Lord, this one's on you. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm going to be honest. I do that with a lot of stuff around here. Just, you know, things that are going on in people's lives. And, you know, you, you want to be there and you, you'd love to be able to fix everybody's problems. But I can't. And sometimes I just have to say, Lord, I'm going to have to put this one on you. I can't, I can't bear this burden. There's nothing I can do about it. And when we do that, we've got to learn to give that burden to God and then don't go sit in the corner worrying about it. We need to, we need to trust Him and rely on Him. And we, uh, we can't get entangled with the affairs of this life. There's always, Bible says sufficient under the day is the evil thereof. There's always going to be plenty of bad stuff going on in this world. There's always going to, you know, what if there's an earthquake? Hey, we could have an earthquake out here. Ground could open up right here where we stand, and this church could go falling in it. It's possible a tornado could hit us. 
possible, but is my worry going to stop those things from happening? Absolutely not. So I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna worry about those things. It's not going to help me. We need to learn how to give God control of our mind. Romans twelve one says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. One of the things that we have got, we've got to do, if we're going to have, if we're going to rule over our own spirit and have victory, is we have got to let the Word of God transform the way we think. Our society today, it's telling us so many things that are wrong. It's telling us uh, that you know, uh, you know, it, society tells us that it's okay for men to marry men and women to marry women. It tells us that's okay. Society tells us, you know, the way that we need to raise our kids is we need to make sure there's no negative discipline, all positive. Okay, I don't know who came up with that. The society's telling us all these things that don't make sense and don't work and that are contrary to the Bible. We've got to learn to let this control how we think about things. We've got to let the Word of God control our mindset and be what is the deciding factor in everything. Not what the world says. The will of God. It's in this book. And we need our way of thinking needs to line up with it. You know, one of the things that that uh, you know, I whenever I'm witnessing to somebody or I'm trying to talk to somebody, I like to try to figure out, you know, how they think. You know what is their way of you know what is their way of thinking and you know most people today are uh, like I talked about Wednesday. There's not a big variety, so the world uh, they've been very successful in getting across their message of stupidity, <laughs> and it seems like the world is going right along with it. And you try to just kind of see what's going on in their mind. That's why I like to ask them questions and try to get them talking to see where their mind's at. And most people today, their mindset, their way of thinking does not come from the Word of God. When it comes to Christianity and what, uh, how things should be in the house of God, if you talk to most people today, it does not line up with the Bible. Most people today, when they, they talk about uh, a church and how to build a church, they're talking about, you know, we, you know, we gotta modernize everything. We gotta make things feel comfortable for everybody. We've gotta make sure we don't talk about sin and stuff because that just, that's gonna scare people off. It's gonna make them feel uncomfortable. We need to make sure that we have more modern up-to-date music and, you know, if that's rock music, that's rock music. Hey, whatever it takes to bring them in. Uh, we've got to make sure that we update our Bibles so it kind of fits with today's culture. We need, we need to get one of them gender-neutral Bibles so we don't make the ladies fill out the Bible says man way too much. We need, we need to do that. Listen, that's what most of the world is thinking, but that does not line up with the Bible one bit. Not at all. But that is, that is the thinking. and We cannot let that be how we are. We let the Word of God control our way of thinking. When I was ordained, one of the things that they do in the ordin- uh, to, to be a pastor, one of the things they do in the ordinations is they'll get a bunch of the pastors they'll go and they'll kind of get you in a room and they'll question you. And they'll ask you, you know, sometimes some tough questions. See if you know you're the have the you know you're the right kind of 
person, or you have the right way of thinking, or you uh, you know know what you're doing, know what you're getting yourself into. And I remember, you know, I was kind of nervous about getting these questions. And then after that, they would take us up in front of everybody and ask questions in front of the whole church. It was a big crowd that night. And I was kind of, I was nervous about it. And I remember I was talking to a friend of mine, and he said that he knew somebody that. When they were ordained, they hadn't been saved a real long time and didn't know a whole lot of Bible. And whenever they, he would get asked a question, he would just be like, what does the Bible say about that? And they'd say, well, the Bible says this. And he's like, that's what I believe. <laughs> and you know what? That's how we ought to be. Hey, what do you believe about this? What does the Bible say? Well, so, that's what I believe. I believe the book. I might not know everything that's in it, but if the Bible says it, I believe it. That's if we if we would have that attitude, if we would have that mindset, boy, we'd be a whole lot better off mentally. And then finally, we need to, if we're going to have victory, if we're going to rule over our spirit and over our mind, we need to learn how to keep our mind on God. Isaiah twenty six three, good verse that we ought to have all over the place. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusteth in thee. Perfect peace. That will keep him in perfect peace. You know, if you are not in peace right now, perfect peace, it's because you're not, your mind's not on God. When your mind's on God, you're in perfect peace. That's what the Bible says. I don't know, if, you know, was God lying here? That will keep him in perfect peace. Listen, I'm not saying that my mind is always in perfect peace. It's not. You know why? Because sometimes my mind's not on God. Like it should be. When my mind is on God, I'm in perfect peace. Because of trust in Him. There's a lot of things we can look at in the church and think, oh my goodness, you know, what's going to happen? How are we going to do this? I don't know if we can handle this. That's because if our minds are on God, we're not going to worry about that. Because we're trusting in Him. Hey, God can handle that. Hey, God can do something there. God is in control. We've got to keep our mind on Him. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. I don't know about you, but I want to be a victorious Christian. I want to be a conqueror for the cause of Christ. We are we're in a city right now. We're in, uh, during the Bible times. I mean, this would be considered a city. The amount of people are here. You know what we're trying to do? You know what I want to do? I want to take this city. I want to take it for Christ. I want, I do, I want, I want to win this town to Christ. And I want to be a mighty Christian. Well, if I'm going to do that, if I'm going to be a mighty Christian, I've got to be slow to anger. If I'm going to take a city, I better be able to rule over my own spirit first. If I can't even rule over my own spirit, how am I going to conquer anybody else for Christ? I'm not. If, sometimes people, they get so worried. I, I talked to a lady one time at my old church. She she was coming to church for a while and then was doing real good. And then all of a sudden she quit coming, hadn't been there for several weeks. And I remember I went by and I was talking to her and I'm like, hey, you know, missed you at church. Really like to see you get back in church. And the reason she wasn't in church, she's like, I just I have a hard time going to church. And she because she started talking about all the problems her mom was having. Her mom was having a lot of physical problems. Her sister was having a lot of, uh, she was having a lot of problems. Not physically, but uh, more spiritually. She was getting in a lot of trouble. She had a lot of family that she was really worried about. They were always, they were just always in trouble. 
And I told her, I said, listen, I said, I, man, you know, I'm glad you're concerned about your mom. I'm glad you're concerned about your sisters and your family. I said, I'm glad you're thinking about them. But I told her, I said, hey, I said, you're all, if you want to be a help to them, you've got to have things under control in your own life. If you, I said, if you don't get your own life straightened out and in order, how are you going to help anybody else? And I think a lot of times people use their family problems and all the stuff that's going on in the world really as an excuse to not do anything for themselves. If you really want to help somebody else, it's like they try to tell themselves, I'm being noble. I'm just thinking about others. No, you're not. Because if you if you've got if you're in trouble, you're not gonna be able to help anybody else. Listen, I, I care about y'all in here. I, I you know, Brother Manaz, I, I you're a good friend. But you know what? If you get in trouble and end up in prison, I want to be there for you however I can. But if I'm gonna help you, I want to help you on the outside. It's like, hey, you know, I'm gonna I'll break the law too and go in prison so I can be there for him. I want to be there for him. No, that's that's not going to help. <laughs> that's not that's that's not going to work. I need to I need to keep on doing right. If somebody falls into a pit, I got a better chance of helping them out of that pit up on outside of the pit. Oh man, I want to be there for him right now. I jump down in there. Now we're both in trouble, and I haven't helped them one bit. And that's what that's what people are doing today. They're so worried about everything else, they jump down in the pit of life, and then they can't do anything for anybody else. I want to be a help to other people. I, listen, I'm not talking about being self-centered today. Nowhere in the Bible do we see anything about being self-centered, and nowhere in any of these verses and in this message are we talking about being self-centered. I'm here today to tell you that if you want to be a help to anybody, if you want to make a difference, you've got to rule over your own spirit. You get control over your own spirit, you get victory, then you can be a help to somebody else. And you can help give them victory. So with that, let's stand together, heads bowed, eyes closed.